Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we're diving into the world of neuro-linguistic programming and how we can use it to become better salespeople. Whether you're having face-to-face conversations with your clients or texting and emailing them, these techniques will turn more of these conversations and leads into contracts and closings. Now, let's hear from Jeff. Hey, welcome everybody to another wonderful winter webinar series. This is I don't know. I'm kind of lost. I feel like this is our sixth already. So that means we still got a few more to go and those will be taking place next week. Today's session is a real fun one. In fact, it's the very first time we've ever publicly talked about neuro-linguistic programming on a webinar of this kind. Uh, It's something that we've been working on behind the scenes here at our real estate team for years as I've gone through NLP programs over the last two decades, I've gone through several of them. And probably about five years ago, we decided to write our own program, of course, a more modernized version of it. And since then, we've made updates to it and, and we've used it within our own team. And of course, as you guys know, or if you didn't know, uh, we're never going to release anything to the public unless we've actually had success with it. Uh, you know, Glover U is not based on theory, not based on ideas, not based on you know, things that you can try because we heard it was was working or I read it in a book somewhere. Everything we teach is based on here's what we do, here's how it impacted our business, and here's how you could implement it too. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate now for 20 years. And I know every single session for our regulars, you say, Jeff, I could basically recite your script by now because uh, you've seen the intro so many times. But every single time we do a session, it's amazing to me how many first timers we have on. If this is your first time joining us, let us know where you're chiming in from, city, state, province, or country. Uh, I I think it was last week we had someone that raised their hand and said, hey, what about Mexico? Uh, Two weeks before that, we had someone raise their hand and say, I'm joining you from Poland. I don't even know what time it is in Poland right now. But if you're on with us, please let us know if you're joining us from another country as well. And thank you for that. And thank you for your trust in us. For those that don't know, and for our first timers that are still chiming in there. Hi, Linda. Uh, Hey, Adam, how's it going? Um, My name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I've been listing and selling real estate now for 20 years this May, if you can believe that. What's different about Glover U is really twofold. Number one, we're broker agnostic. So it doesn't matter whether you're with Century 21 or Cobalt Banker or Remax or Keller Williams or EXP or you're an independent or, or Berkshire Hathaway, everyone is welcome in our world. And we have a lot of great agents and brokers, owners that are in our programs from all of those companies. So we welcome you with open arms and thank you for being here. Also, what you should know is we are the only training and coaching company where the guy that's giving all the training and coaching is still on the ground with you. I'm still selling between 75 to 100 home to 100 homes per year personally. In fact, over the last decade, I guess probably 12 years now, over the last 12 years, I've averaged over 100 closings per year each and every one of those years. And our team here in Detroit, that doesn't even include our team numbers. 
Our team does between 900 and 1,000. In fact, last year, we did 944 transactions for just under 240 million in sales volume. So why am I sharing that? I'm not sharing that to brag. I'm sharing that to make sure you know, when we share information, we're sharing what's working not two weeks ago, what's working not two months ago, what's working not two years ago. We're sharing what's working right now and know that we're always gonna give you real relevant content. All right, let's talk about neuro-linguistic programming for a second. This particular topic is a one that I'm super passionate about and quite honestly, we waited to release this to the public. Uh, and that was intentional. Uh, the reason why we waited to release it to the public is because we wanted to make sure that we could take brand new salespeople or experienced salespeople and help them with their conversion rates with one technique alone. And that's neural with, well, with one, I guess, topic, because within neuro-linguistic programming, there's several techniques. And so we had our own success with it as a team when we first rolled it out probably eight years ago now, and then we wrote, we wrote our own program probably five years ago now. And then we updated our own program within the last couple of years. And now we're ready to share it with the public. Neuro-linguistic programming has a special place in my business because when I first signed up for coaching and when I first started going to events, it was one of the first things I signed up for. And people ask me all the time, Jeff, how did you learn to like actually be a salesperson? You know, they'll say, you know, I can hear, you know, in your language and the questions you ask, you, you are like a consummate sales professional. How did you learn that? And of course, through trial and error, through mentors, through observations, through hiring a coach, right? But also through, through going through a program called neuro-linguistic program training. All right. There's several dozens of these around the country. Uh, not as many of them exist today as, as existed 10 years ago. I will tell you, it's just as effective today as it was 10 years ago. And people ask, well, why are we still learning this today? You know, that's really traditional sales techniques, is it not? Well, sure. Call it traditional, call it whatever you want. Of course, we've modernized it a bit in our program. Uh, but why is it important? Well, for the foreseeable future, as long as we have conversations over the phone, as long as we have conversations on Zoom, as long as we have listing appointments in person, as long as we have buyer consultations over Zoom or at a coffee shop, as long as we're having conversations with people, because by the way, you can use this in email and in text messaging as well, which we cover that. We're, we don't, I'll get into that a little bit today. As long as we're having conversations with people, which I think we can all agree, all right? I, I, in fact, I, I want to know your opinion on this. If you're, if you're of the belief that the real estate industry is going to involve us having conversations with buyers and sellers for the foreseeable future, meaning for at least the next three to five years, we're going to be in conversations with people, then I want you to just drop a 777 down in the chat. Because if you don't think so, there's no point in talking about this, right? I want to know, do you think for the foreseeable future, meaning the next three to five years, no matter what technology comes out, no matter what's available to us, we're still going to have buyer conversations, seller conversations, conversations at showing appointments, listing appointments, conversations at buyer consultations. Are we still going to have conversations over the phone, face-to-face -face, or over Zoom? A lot of sevens, a lot of sevens. Yes, correct. All right. So by the way, there's a good lesson in that. And that is don't think for a second because it's 2022 that you can stop learning how to sell, right? Sales skills are just as important today as they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yes, there's other ways to use them. Yes, we can use them through social media. Yes, we can use them through SMS. Yes, we can use them through, you know, DMing and PMing and all that. You can use your sales skills in there as well. It's not just, you know, it's not just the rotary phone, you know, as we as we picture the classic car salesman, right? It's not that anymore, but the language 
has not changed. All right. So let's talk about NLP and why we're here today. Don't write this down. I've got two small paragraphs that I want to read to you that, that are kind of my beliefs and my research and my understanding of NLP. Now, there might be a couple things I say in here that you should write down. And if there are, I'll tell you. But I, I want to start off with this before we get into the actual language, because it's important that you understand where NLP started from to have a better understanding of how it applies to sales. All right. So neurolinguistic programming, commonly referred to NLP, is the study of brain language and how to effectively communicate through the use of it. The study of brain language, this is how it begun. How does the brain respond to certain language? And then, of course, once we understand how the brain responds to certain language, how can we now use this in a sales situation? NLP is a method of influencing brain behavior. By the way, that's the Nero part of the phrase. That's why it's Nero. NLP is a method of influencing brain behavior through the use of language that's the linguistic part, and other types of communication to enable a person to recode the way the brain responds. By the way, that's the programming, to recode the way the brain responds to certain things. And by the way, this will manifest new and better behaviors. And in our case, in sales, new and better responses. So this pro the neurolinguistic programming, by the way, was invented in the 70s by a doctor who focused in psychology and therapy. Dr. Richard Bandler actually invented the, the, the process, if you will, of neurolinguistic programming. And he was asked to write the definition as it appears in the Oxford English Dictionary today. Ready? Here's what it is. It says, neurolinguistic programming is a model of interpersonal communication, which utilizes a system of alternative therapy which seeks to educate people in self-awareness and effective communication to change their patterns of mental and emotional behavior and responses. Now, I know that was a mouthful. In a nutshell, what NLP was used to do, NLP was used for personal development. Originally, it was used to, for instance, maybe wean someone off of a bad habit, help somebody overcome their drug abuse, help someone with uh, a phobia or a certain poor or negative behavior. In other words, therapists and psychologists use neurolinguistic programming to recode someone's mindset towards something. Now, when you think about, I want that to sink in for a second. Why? Because when I start getting into the lessons, and I have 10 of them, my guess is we only will get through four or five today. And if, if we don't get through all of them, that's fine. I'll share the rest with you at a later date because I'm very passionate about this topic. When I get into these lessons, you're going to see, wow, that's really different, or that's really out there, or, that's really odd, or oh my gosh, that is that is that uh, that's not something I've ever experienced before. That's not something I've ever been taught. That's because somewhere in the 80s and 90s, organizations came along and they decided that they were going to use this in other aspects of business. So it started with therapists and psychologists and doctors and people using it to help people change their mindset towards certain things, which then caused them to respond differently. Well, think about in sales, when we get objections, for instance, what is our job as a salesperson? To help them see something differently, to help them change their mindset towards something. Because in most cases, you understand when someone gives you an objection, they're objecting to what you're saying, not because what you're saying is wrong, 
but because what you're saying doesn't align with their personal belief, doesn't align with their past experience. So somewhere in the 80s and 90s, some organizations showed up and said, how can we use this in sales to arm our salespeople and arm our leaders with with language patterns and, and ways to help consumers understand that this is a good thing, that it is okay to change your mind on something. It is okay uh, that you feel this one this one way about, you know, you give us an objection, you feel one way. It's okay if you change your mind after a few minutes. And so I'll never forget early on in a program when I was taking this, the very first neuro-linguistic program I took, the instructor said, now I was a little taken back and you're going to be taken back by this too. Cause I was like, wait a minute. What did I sign up for? And we might lose attendees right now because it gets a little weird. This NLP and psychotherapy and all this, it, it, if it gets a little weird, trust me, I won't be offended if you leave the webinar, all right? But I promise you, you should stick around because there's a lot of good stuff in here. But I'll never forget the way I felt when somebody said this to me. And of course, you've heard that before. You don't remember what was said, but you remember how you felt. The very first instructor said to, to our group, because it was a small group of us that were in this program, I just want to make sure you guys are aware that NLP uses the same techniques that con artists use. I just want to make you aware that NLP are some of the same techniques that con artists use. And of course, they paused. And of course, when they pause, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, what did I sign up for? I'm not a con artist. I want what's best for the client. I want to have good service. I want to get great reviews. I want to get repeat referrals. What are we doing here? And then they responded with, and do you want to know the difference between a great salesperson and a con artist? There's one word, meaning they use all the same language. They understand scripts. They role play. They're smooth. They're professional. They're all of this. But there's one difference, one obvious difference between a con artist and a great salesperson. What is it? And they said intent. The difference between a con artist and a great salesperson is the word intent, meaning the con artist wants what's best for the con artist. The salesperson wants what's best for the client. Do you see the difference? However, some of the methods that we use and some of the dialogue and some of the language, you know, some of the tie downs and, you know, getting people to say yes and yes, you know, sign a contract and so forth are similar. But our intention is to help people where a con artist's intention is maybe to hurt people or to help themselves gain. So I wanted to get make sure I shared that story because the very first time I took NLP, I was taken back by that. I thought, what did I just sign up for? Now, once I start getting into some of these lessons, it will feel a little funky at times. Uh, it will feel a little foreign to you, and that, that's okay. So we're going to start with what I would consider is the easiest lesson in NLP. And go ahead and write this down. Lesson number one is what's called motivating questions. So go ahead and write that down in your workbook. Lesson number one under neurolinguistic programming, while I grab my swig of water here, lesson number one is called motivating questions. And so here's what I want you to do. And from time to time, I'm going to use the whiteboard behind me. And I recognize when I walk away to use the whiteboard, uh, the audio isn't as great because I'm stepping away from the microphone that's over here. Uh, I will always turn around and repeat whatever it is that I'm saying if I'm talking as I'm facing the whiteboard. So number one is motivating questions. So I want you to write down the three motivating questions you can use in nearly every sales situation. And by the way, I can't think of a buyer consultation or a listing presentation where I'm not using these. Almost every single buyer consultation or listing appointment I go on, I'm using these. So write this down. The first question I want you to write down is what's important about blank? And when I say blank, draw a line. Don't write blank. All right. What's important about blank? And I'm going to do this with you. Okay. Question number one, what's important about blank? 
I'm going to have you write the questions and I'm going to explain the meaning of each as we get through. Question number two, how is blank important to you? How is blank line important to you? Question mark. And what I want you to do is on this blank line, I want you to just write a number one and I'll explain why that is. Just write a number one, just like that. How is blank important to you? And question number three, ultimately, question number three, ultimately, and next to ultimately, I want you to put in parentheses, paint the picture. Ultimately, and put in parentheses, paint the picture, dot, 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 what, so ultimately paint the picture, what, Will this do for you? What will this do for you? Again, every buyer consultation, every listing presentation, I find myself using this technique. It's one of the easiest NLP techniques that you'll learn. And oh, by the way, I want you to write above paint the picture. Sorry, one more thing. Above paint the picture, just write number one and number two. Above paint the picture, you're writing number one and number two. So first question is, what's important about blank? Second question, how is blank important to you? And you see, I put the number one in there. Third question, ultimately paint the picture, dot, dot, dot. What will all this do for you? And you see, I put number one and I put number two there. These are called motivating questions. These are designed to get to the root of a customer's motivation. So now watch this. So let's say, for instance, I'm on an appointment and I know that they are downsizing. So Mr. And Mrs. Seller, if you don't mind me asking, what's important about downsizing? I know you mentioned on the phone that your plan is to downsize. What's important about that? Well, and then this is the customer responding. Well, if we downsize, then uh, you know my, my wife won't have to worry about the stairs anymore. Um, we don't need this. You know, Our kids have grown up. Uh, we don't need this house. You know, the yard's too big. We don't need the stairs. Awesome. So I listened to their answer and I'm going to take what they shared with me, which you just heard, uh, you know, yards too big, too much to take care of. They don't need the stairs anymore. All right. They wanted, they want something smaller for themselves. So how is, how is I am inserting, I'm inserting whatever they told me here, right here. So how is getting a smaller home where you don't have to worry about the stairs and you don't have to worry about taking care of a backyard? How is that important to you? Okay, I'm taking their answer. I'm inserting it here. Well, if we don't have to take care of the house anymore um, and, and we don't have to worry about the stairs, then we, we also can put a little bit of money in our pocket and, and you know maybe save up for traveling the country and, and, and spending more time together because we'll have more money and we'll have less expenses. Wow, that sounds perfect. So ultimately, what I'm hearing, paint the picture. We're going to reduce the size of the house, get rid of the yard, no more yard work, get rid of the stairs, start putting some money back in your pocket. Ultimately, when we are able to accomplish that, what will all that do for you? Well, Jeff, to be honest with you, uh, my wife, you know, was recently, you know, diagnosed with MS and, you know, we can't do stairs and, and we really, 
you know, we want to travel the country and, and spend as much quality time we, as we can together. Uh, by the way, in some cases, this is where people start tearing up or people start getting a little emotional. You know, if we're able to do this, this means we can, you know, we've always dreamed of having an RV and traveling the country. And, and that's really where we would spend our time. That is where you get the true motivation. That is where, and guess what happens? You might be saying, well, what's the value in knowing the true motivation? Twofold. Number one, don't you think by going through this process that I'm building rapport? You better believe it. I'm building more rapport than the other salespeople that stopped when they asked the question because the script says, where are you moving to? How soon would you like to be there? I'm going to, where are you moving to? What's important about moving there? Oh, that's cool. How is that, right? I'm going through all of this. I also use a, a language, you've probably heard me say this before, going three deep. There's several questions in the script that you can go three deep. This is what I'm referring to. If I didn't go through this process, I would have never, I might not have ever known that the wife has MS. I would have never known that their lifelong dream was to travel the country. I wouldn't have gotten that just off of this question. I wouldn't have gotten that by following some script. Motivating questions, go three deep as much as possible. I promise you, you will get more results. You'll build more rapport. All right. The second thing I was going to say, don't you think when you know their true motivation, when that offer comes in on their house and they're not super excited about it, or when they're a buyer and, and you know, they're, they're, they're asked to pay over asking price, don't you think it'll help them make the right decision to accomplish their goal if you know more about what their true goal is? Right. When they're when they're, you know, you know, oh, full price. That's not enough. We we expected 10,000 over asking all, all we've talked about bidding wars. Hey, my job is to get you as much as we can for the house. And I'm pretty confident not only in this buyer, this might be the best we'll see. And also, I'm more excited about getting this house to a closing table for you because that's where the value is and helping you be in a position to go ahead and live your retirement dream of traveling the country. That is what you want, isn't it? Don't you think if I know their true motivation, now I can revisit that more often. Now I can bring it up when I'm attempting to get a price reduction. Now I can bring it up when I'm helping them write a, a strong offer to get their offer accepted. You're going to build more rapport. You're going to get more, more offers accepted. You're going to get more listings taken when you use the motivating questions in your sales scripts. All right, let's go to number two. NLP technique number two. Agreeance statements. Agreeance statements. By the way, there are, oh gosh, probably 16, 18 different NLP techniques. So I'm going to take you through as many as I can with as much time as we have. I, I, by the way, I could talk two hours on this stuff. I mean, I'm really passionate about neurolinguistic programming, but I'm going to get through as much as we can in the time that we have. So let's talk about agreeance statements. Go ahead and write down number two, agreeance statements. The definition of agreeance statements. Agreeance statements bypass Cognitive resistance. Remember, you're you're hearing a lot of this like psychology type language, brain language in, in NLP because it was used originally for therapy. It was used originally for for psychologists to help their patients get good results. Agreeing statements bypass cognitive resistance by agreeing with some portion of the client's position. Agreeing statements bypass cognitive resistance by agreeing with some portion of the client's position. By the way, after we're done today, you're, I promise you, even if we only get through a few, you're going to have enough that you need to go be deadly with. All right. You're going to have enough that you need to go help yourself get more results. 
And this isn't, you know, we talked Monday with, with Justin Ford when we, when we did the working, working smarter, not harder. NLP is a very good example of that. In fact, the personality styles, we cover that in neurolinguistic programming at a deep level. That's covered in there. Why? Because it's the same thing. It's about working smarter, not necessarily harder. It's about getting better results with the calls you're making, with the appointments you're going on, not necessarily making more calls or going on more appointments. So agreeance statements bypass cognitive resistance. Now, don't write this down. Just listen. At our core, we all have the desire to look good and to be right. Just knowing that this is innate in all of us, including you, means that these behaviors are always present, meaning on listings, on buyers, with consultations, with showings over the phone. Your clients have a desire to be right, especially in front of their spouse or significant other. Instead of consciously operating from this place of righteousness, which we sometimes do in this industry, look, you know, because you spent 40 hours getting a license, so you know it all. Kidding. But the reality is, is that we kind of walk around like, hey, I got the real estate license here. Instead of consciously operating from this place of righteousness and unconsciously making other people wrong, because you understand when you make yourself right and it, and it might go against or disagree, you're automatically making the other person wrong. What would happen if you focused on helping your client to look good and to be right? A key component of agreement is finding common ground. And this is only possible through questions and really actually listening to their answers. So let me give you some common statements of agreements. And I do want you to write these down. Write these down, please. Just write down common statements of agreements. And, and you might even chuckle when you hear some of them because they're so basic, but they're so right and it's so effective. Go ahead and write down, of course. Underneath that, write, you're right. Write down, I know. Write down, yes, with an exclamation point. Write down, sure. Write down, exactly. Write down, absolutely. Write down, right. Of course, you're right. I know. Yes. Sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. When you start off a sentence like that, even if you disagree, all right, this is where it gets a little tricky because they might tell you something that you disagree with, but you're starting off the statement by saying they're right. You know that we cover that in the rules of handling objections, which is part of an NLP lesson as well. By agreeing with some portion of the client's position, they're tuning in to what you have to say. You understand that when you disagree, they're automatically tuning you out. And not only are they tuning you out, but they're trying to think of arguments to, to defeat your argument, which is why we say in sales, Never get into an argument, never get into a debate. Even if the client is wrong, find a way to agree with them. So let me give you some examples of how you can use this in your everyday language with buyers and sellers. So let's just pretend for a moment you're talking to a for sale by owner. Commonly, for sale by owners will say to you, I don't need a realtor to sell the house. I've sold several on my own. We hear that all the time. For those of you that work with for sale by owners, raise your hand, put it in the chat. Have you heard that one before? I don't need to work with a realtor. I've sold several on my own. If, you, if you've heard that before, raise your hand in the chat or just say, yep, I've heard this from for sale by owners. I want to know. Yeah, you're hearing it. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you for agreeing with me. I don't need a realtor to sell my house. I've sold plenty on my own. My response, ready? 
you're right. You don't need a realtor. That's it. Now, first of all, I'm going to give you some additional language in just a second. You're right. You don't need a realtor. Now, listen to that versus, well, how could you say that? You know, we get uh, more more money for our clients. Do you know that the NAR statistics says that, you know, for sale by owners are leaving money on the table? And did you know this? And did you know that? And did you know this? Notice I didn't go there. You're right. You don't need a realtor. When I start off the sentence agreeing, they tune in. When I debate and argue, they tune out. You're right. You don't need a realtor. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what do you say after that? Here it is. Okay. And of course, we could go on for hours on, on different scripts and different sources and types of business. You're right. You don't need a realtor. And with the available of inventory today being so low, you can probably sell this on your own. I'm agreeing again. The more you agree, the more you tune, the more you tune in, the more rapport you build the greater they feel, the better they feel about themselves means the better they're going to feel about you. You're right. You don't need a realtor with, with inventory so low, you could probably sell this on your own. And I'm curious, here's where we shift. And I'm curious, were you aware today that two thirds, 66% of real estate agent assisted transactions, meaning real estate agents like myself that are full-time that do this every single day, two out of every three Sales does not make it to the closing table at the same price and terms as originally agreed to. Were you aware of that? What? What does that mean? Well, what that means is you find a buyer, which you probably can because inventory is low. Again, agreeing, agreeing, agreeing. And you reach an agreement and there's almost a a three quarters chance because it's about two thirds chance that you're going to have to renegotiate that agreement to get it to a closing table. Well, what would I have to renegotiate? And okay, what would I have to renegotiate? They're tuning in. It's working. Well, you might have to renegotiate the price if the appraisal comes in low. Uh, you might have to renegotiate the closing date if their financing takes longer. You might have to renegotiate the days that you hand over keys because you don't like the amount that they're offering you in rent per day, or you find out that their payment is substantially higher than your payment and you've negotiated a rent, rent back agreement. Now what I'm doing is I'm displaying my value by sharing with them the challenges that we're experiencing with for sale by owners. And then of course, from there, I can say, you know what? It sounds like there's some unanswered questions and some things we should talk about. I'm going to be in your area tomorrow around four o'clock. Why don't I stop by, take a look at your property. I'll give you some suggestions of things you can do to help it show better. Because if you're going to be selling it on your own, you want the house to show better. Again, agreeing, agreeing, agreeing. And oh, by the way, while I'm there, I'll share with you how I'm helping for sale by owners like yourself get their home sold and get it to a closing table. Fair enough. Now I'm not misleading them. I'm not saying that I have a buyer. I'm not doing anything. I'm giving them some value. And oh, by the way, I'm getting in front of somebody. Agreeance statements is number two. Number three, follow the five rules of handling objections. And I'm gonna go through these quickly because for those of you that have been on before or those of you that have had any basic sales training, you've probably heard of these rules. Some people have taken them and rewritten them, but these are our five. Number three is the five rules of handling objections. Number one, always agree, never argue. You just heard that. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on that one. That's rule number one. When you get an objection, whether it's over the phone or in person, always agree, never argue. Rule number two, always smile and nod your head. Hey, smile. And now I'm not saying you sit there like, "Uh uh-huh, 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 when you disagree. All right. All I'm saying is keep, be mindful of your body language because what you're feeling, you project. When you disagree with someone, they can feel that you disagree. They can sense it. 
you know, your facial expressions change. Maybe you break a little bit of a sweat, you know, maybe you shake a little bit, or maybe you do something with your hair or you twitch or whatever. Number two, always smile and nod your head is really more of being aware of your body language and your facial expressions. Because even when you're dis, even if you're not verbally disagreeing, your face says otherwise, right? Have you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you disagreed with someone and you didn't say anything and they say to you, you don't like what I just said, or you don't, you don't agree with me, do you? Right. Trust me, your face is telling your customers that. The reason why it's rule number two is because we have to be mindful of our facial expressions in sales situations. If we're telling them we disagree through our facial expressions, you might as well just disagree altogether. So number two is always smile, always nod your head. Number three, use a statement of agreement by restating their objection. Use a statement of agreement by restating their objection, a statement of agreement. What is an example of a statement of agreement? I can appreciate that. I understand where you're coming from. I know what you mean. All right. And I'll restate their objection. I understand you want to net the most, you know, someone tells me that they want me to cut my commission. Hey, I can totally appreciate you'd want me to cut my commission. I'd probably be asking the same thing if I were in your shoes, agreeing. And what I really hear you saying is you're looking to net the most out of the sale of this home. Is that right? Restating their objection in a positive way. That's number three. Number four, replace the word but and however with the word and. You've probably heard this one before if you've been selling homes for more than a day. There is no room for but or however in the sales dictionary if there is one. Get those out of there. Replace it with the word and. And finally, number five, always close after your handle, after you handle an objection. You handle an objection, you have an opportunity to close. Close for an appointment, close for the signature, close for the next step, close for whatever it is you're asking for. Okay, those are the five rules of handling objections. And that's NLP lesson number three. We have a NLP Unreal Dialogues program that we're going to announce at the end of this because we've never done it before. It's going to be the first time. And we spend an entire session on the rules of handling objections alone. They're so important. All right, number four, embedded commands. If you have any NLP experience, you've probably heard of this term before. And if you don't have any NLP experience, uh, but you've learned scripts or you've been through a program where they taught you scripts, they might have used the phrase embedded commands. And at the time, it might have seemed like, okay, embedded commands, what do I just like say things I want to have happen? Sure, there's some of that, but we're going to dive a little bit into embedded commands. So go ahead and write down number four, embedded commands. Embedded commands. An embedded command, don't write this part down. If you want to, you can, but I don't think you need to. An embedded command is an NLP technique for planting a thought within the mind of another person beneath their conscious awareness. All right, again, this is where things get funky. (laughs) All right, you're like, what are we doing here? Are we like Jedi? Yes, you're gonna be a Jedi salesperson. An embedded command, I'll repeat that, is an NLP technique for planting a thought within the mind of another person beneath their conscious awareness. Ooh, it's getting good. So by the way, this is done through presuppositions, which are assumptions implied with verbal structures. Again, we'll get into that in just a bit. That that starts to get a little confusing. We start with the basics and then we warm you up until we get to the good stuff. So let's talk embedded commands for a moment. Go ahead and do me a favor and write down the following embedded commands. Sign the agreement. Feel comfortable. Meet with me. Sign the agreement. Feel comfortable. Meet with me. 
agree with me, write an offer, agree with me, write an offer, increase your offer, sell now, increase your offer, sell now, reduce the price, set an appointment, I think I already said that one, set an appointment, set an appointment, price it right, price it right, and hire me. Now there's probably 10 dozen more of those, but those are like the main ones, all right? So what are embedded commands? Remember, these are, these are thoughts, these are um, um, words, phrases that we're planting in their mind. Well, how do you plant it in someone's mind? Well, I'm gonna show you how you do that on the whiteboard here behind us, all right? So just give me a second while I'm erasing this. How do we plant a thought in someone's mind? Well, we use that. We use a technique, which I'm gonna to get to in a second called powerful pauses, and we adjust our volume, okay? So what I want everyone to do under your embedded command notes on, in your workbook, all right, again, the workbook's in the chat. If you don't have it, get that printed off because there's some good stuff in there, especially the program that we're going to announce at the end. So if you don't have the workbook, check the chat for the workbook. It's in there or check your email. So what I want everyone to do right now under embedded commands is just write this down just like this for me, please. And I'm going to use the red because that appears to show up a little better. I want you to write three dots, dot, 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 three dots, a line, and three more dots, okay? Three dots, one line, three dots. Now on this line right here, I just want you to put E period, C period. And that stands for embedded command. On Underneath these three dots, I want you to write P, 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 P. P, P, E, C, P, P. The PP stands for powerful pauses. Powerful pause, embedded command, powerful pause. So how you plant a thought behind someone's conscious awareness is using this technique. What does this mean? This means that you're pausing before the embedded command and you're pausing after the embedded command. And I'll give you an example of that in just a second. The other thing I want you to do under the EC, I want you to just do an arrow pointing upwards, do an arrow pointing upwards, just like that. What does that signify? That signifies that when you state the embedded command, I want you to raise the volume of your voice. When you state the embedded command, you're raising the volume of your voice. Again, this is where it gets into some tricky sales stuff, but this is where we learn to become master salespeople. Have you ever watched someone on stage and they just command the audience and they just know when to raise their voice and they know when to lower their voice and then they know when to pause and it's dead silence and, and they know when to get everyone to laugh and to get everyone to smile. Have you ever watched a great presenter do that? I promise you they've learned neuro-linguistic programming. Because by the way, neuro-linguistic programming isn't just for salespeople. It's also for, for presenters. It's also for people giving speeches. I mean, they use this, again, as you've heard so far, in all walks of life. So how am I going to plant this thought beyond someone's conscious awareness? Very simple. You pause before the embedded command. You raise your volume on the embedded command, and you pause after the embedded command. 
Now, that is why, as silly as it sounds, okay, our, our associates who have been with us for a while are very familiar with this. It's been a few years since we ran our, our NLP program here. We've modified it. Now we're going to run it again. We're going to offer it to the public as well. The dots are pauses. And therefore, whenever you see dots in the scripts, you'll see them in the Glover U scripts now. By the way, if you don't have our scripts, you just text the word scripts to 55444. Most of you have your hands on all of our scripts. Just text the word scripts. Again, the same phone number that you text morning to 55444. That's how you get your hands on our scripts. You'll see dots are already in our scripts. Why is that? Because we're already using powerful pauses. So when we're role playing in my, and you know, I'm in the studio right now, but the next very next office over is our conference room. And in that conference room, you could come into our office at 10 a.m. on a Monday. And you'll hear everyone standing up reciting scripts because that's how you learn them. You, you write them out, you chant them, and you practice, and you role play them. Okay, that's how you master any scripts. You write it out, you chant it, you role play it. If you were to come into our office at 10 a.m. on a Monday when we're learning a new NLP lesson, you would be like flabbergasted at what you're hearing. Because why? You'd hear everyone up with a, with a script book in front of them saying, and when you decide to dot, 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 list with me, dot, 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 I can help you get down to Florida as fast as possible. And won't that be great? You'll hear us actually saying the dots out loud. Why do we say the dots out loud? Because what we're doing is we're training our brain to pause so that when we're with the public, when we're on a buyer consultation, when we're on our listing presentation, we're trained to deliver the script in a proper way, which will cause the embedded command to be powerful and drop that bad boy underneath their conscious awareness. And that is why this technique is so powerful. So when you hear people talk about embedded command in sales, that's what they mean by embedded commands. Now, maybe they didn't, maybe the instructor didn't truly know what they are. They just said embedded commands mean, you know, this is what you want them to do. And by the way, if you look at all those phrases you wrote down, it's usually stuff we want them to do. We want to plan a thought beneath their conscious awareness. So that way they're more likely to take action on that thought. They're considering how they could do that. They're considering how they could list with you. They're considering how what it would look like to lower their price. They're considering what it might look like to raise their offer. They're already thinking about that because you just placed that thought beneath their conscious awareness. And so therefore, when you see the dots in scripts and you're role-playing, you're chanting, whatever, I want you to be as, and by the way, on the embedded command, remember the arrow, that means you're gonna raise your voice. So again, let me give you another example. 10 a.m., we're practicing. This is not with the public. I don't want you going on a listing appointment to say, hey guys, dot, 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 thanks for having me out, dot, dot, dot. It's a pleasure to be here, dot, dot, dot. No, don't be using that when you're on appointments. But when you're practicing behind the scenes, I want you to recite the scripts and say the dots aloud. So when you decide to dot, 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 hire me, dot, 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 I can help you get to Florida as fast as possible. Notice on hire me, I raised my voice. When you're role-playing, make sure on the embedded commands, you know, I always just for just for my own sake of exercise, I always put an arrow above on my script so I know to raise my voice a little bit. Now, when I get out with a client, it's not gonna sound like that. You're gonna, it's gonna be ever so slightly watched. Just 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 listen. Once you decide to hire me, I'm gonna be able to help you get to Florida as fast as possible. And that is what you want, isn't it? Notice on hire me, I just raised my voice just a tad. But also notice that I paused right before. And right after, ever so slightly, because my brain is trained to use embedded commands. All right, number five. Number five, powerful pauses. This one will go quick because we just talked about them. Go ahead and write down number five, powerful pauses. This is another NLP lesson, number five, powerful pauses. Don't write this down. 
This is from Brian Tracy, the sales training guru himself. Probably the most powerful vocal technique you will ever learn in sales is the power of the pause. Says sales guru Brian Tracy in his book, Speak to Win, how to present with power in any situation. Brian Tracy offers up types of pauses. Now, for the sake of NLP, we don't need to get into the types right now. Just know that a pause is causing people to tune in. You ever notice that when you're seeing a speaker present? By the way, if speakers and, and, and people that, that give speeches, if they've studied it, or if you've been through a speech class, they might teach this in speech class. They teach you when to pause. Why do they teach you when to pause? Because you gain someone's attention. In fact, you can be in a theater and you can notice some heads are down. You know, people are playing on their phones or whatever, and then someone will pause. And it's just like natural. All of a sudden, people look up. It, pay attention to it next time. Next time you're in a meeting and you see a couple of people on their cell phones or, or in a conference or whatever, and people are heads down and the speaker pauses. Watch a few heads just go. Again, it's amazing what this stuff can do. I, I, I cannot tell you how important it is to master this if you want to be a great salesperson. All right, number six. So by the way, if you want to just write down under powerful pauses, write down the three dots, all right? And I just have written down here, this is why we say the dots aloud, dot, dot, dot. And while writing sentences, this is why we always include the dots. We're training our brain to pause. You always pause right before an embedded command and you always pause right after an embedded command. All right, let's talk about skill number six, tie down questions, tie down questions. Some of you may already do this and you didn't even realize you do this. Because again, a lot of this stuff is already kind of built in the scripts. Now, this is basic NLP. Just so you know, in our NLP program, which we're going to share, it's 16 sessions. This is just like session one. I mean, this is as basic as it gets. And sometimes the basics are even tough to grasp if we've never been taught this. Well, by the time we get to session 13, 12, 14, 15, I mean, half the people are going to be lost and that's okay. It's my job as the instructor to make sure everyone understands exactly how each technique is used. But quite honestly, we've only scratched the surface. So let's talk about tie down questions. Tie down questions are short and placed at the end of statements and they're designed to boost agreement. So if you're going to write down the definition, tie down statements are short. They're placed at the end of statements and are designed to boost agreement. They're short, placed at the end of statements and are designed to boost agreement. Tie down questions serve three purposes. Number one, they keep the customer involved, which as you know, if you've studied scripts at all, or if you've taken any of our programs, all of our scripts are designed to keep the customer responding. You want to keep them talking. You don't want to be the one doing all the talking. You want to be the one asking all the questions. They keep the customer involved. That's what's nice about tie-down questions. Even if they're lost, they're forced to respond, number one. Number two, they distract the customer from their negative opinion. They're designed to distract the customer from their negative opinion. Now, by the way, when I say negative, I don't mean like, you know, Debbie Downer, you know, negative like that. I'm talking like negative, meaning they're wrong. Like the, their, their opinion is not right. And you know, in sales situations, a lot of times, again, they give us an objection because they're disagreeing with us because their opinion says otherwise. In a lot of cases, their opinion is inaccurate. So tie downs are designed to distract them from thinking that thought. So that way they don't give you that objection. Instead, they just say, yes, or that makes sense. Or I could see that, or I see what you mean. And then number three, they add strength to your statements. They add strength to your statements. 
pat-down questions serve three purposes. They keep the customer involved, they distract them from their negative or wrong opinions, and they add strength. Number three is they add strength to a statement. In other words, they turn a statement from makes sense to has to be true. They turn a statement from there's some logic in there to absolutely there's logic in there. So let me give you the most commonly used tie-down questions that I use and that are appropriate for sales. Again, many of these, so you now, when you look at scripts, you'll now see why they're in there. Does this make sense? That's a commonly used tie-down question. Does this make sense? Number two, isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want? Won't that be great? Does that make sense? Isn't that what you want? Won't that be great? Does that work for you? Don't you agree? Does that work for you? Don't you agree? Isn't that true? All right. So those are some commonly used tie-down questions. So when I say something like, okay, just using the example I gave, once you decide to hire me, I'm going to be able to help you get to Florida as fast as possible. And you don't want to spend another winter in Michigan. Statement, you don't want to spend another winter in Michigan. Tie down, do you? See, that's it. It's taking a statement and turning it into a question that they have to answer. And by answering, we're distracting them from, well, wait a minute. I've got other agents coming out. Well, wait a minute. We haven't even talked price yet. Well, wait a minute. We haven't even talked commission yet. Once you decide to hire me, I'm going to be able to help you get down to Florida as fast as possible. You don't want to spend another winter in Michigan, do you? No, of course not. Great. Then let's get started, shall we? Remember, after you handle objection, you're always closing. You don't want to spend another winter in Michigan. Statement, pause, do you? No, we do not. Great. Now I kept them involved. We're, we're engaging. Uh, I distracted them from thinking, well, what is this guy going to charge? What's the next steps? I just got an agreement from them. All right. So, man, looking at the time, there's so many I could go through. All right. Here's what I want to do, because I promised we would do this, because I know a lot of you have gotten a buzz. A lot of you have been asking, Jeff, you talk about NLP a lot. I've watched your pod or I've listened to your podcast. I've watched your videos. Like, when are you going to teach the world NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming? Well, the answer is today. Now, you just got a little bit of a taste of it. But by the way, what we covered today was just lesson one. And by the way, for those of you that are joining us in the program, because I know a lot of you signed up, don't skip lesson one. We're going to cover this again, all right? Every single lesson builds upon the other. So if you can have that thrown up there on the screen, the details of our Unreal Dialogues program, that would be great. Again, this is a, just like our other mastery courses, this is the very first time we're launching this, and this is the only other program other than Listing Mastery, because I teach Listing Mastery, which some of you, remember in the beginning, I said we made a change to the workbook. The original workbook had the Listing Mastery flyer in it. And if you want to join us for Listing Mastery, we'd love to. But if your workbook does not have this flyer, then just pay attention to what's on the screen, because what's on the screen is our new Unreal Dialogues program. It's 16 weeks, so it's 16 sessions. 45 to 50 minutes of live instruction from yours truly, and also time at the end for asking questions. We're going to do some chanting. We're going to do some role-playing. Now, this program is not for the faint of heart, all right? This isn't one of those programs that you can just attend all 16 sessions and be a master at sales. There's going to be homework. 
There's going to be follow-up on that homework. There's going to be role-play assignments. There's going to be different things that we're going to do during the 16 weeks together to make you a more successful salesperson. What I love about NLP, which I said during the middle of, of today's topic, it's not about working harder. It's not about staying in the office later. It's not about making more calls. It's not about putting in more days. It's about helping you get better results with the calls that you're making. Do you ever wonder why in some offices, someone can make 10 calls and the next person can make the same 10 calls and, and person number one can set an appointment and person number two does not? It's because of their sales skills. And NLP is, is essentially the pegasus of sales skills, a pinnacle pegasus, <laughs> the pinnacle of sales skills. So if you're curious about what the program looks like, there you go. Just text the word dialogues, just one word dialogues. To 55444. You've heard that number a few times now. 55444. It's 16 weeks. You're going to be in a session with me live. We're going to be doing this together, just like we did here today. Today was like session one. All right. Session one was the most basic of all the sessions. Every session builds upon the next, which is why it's important that you don't miss any of these for those of you that do sign up. All right, we're going to have time for Q&A. And again, it's going to be live. It's not just watching a video and, and taking notes. All right, I'm actually going to give you specific scripts and, and specific dialogues and things that I'm using with buyers and sellers right now. This starts at the end of the month. I guess the first, the, this month ends weird, right? The 28th is the Monday. So it starts the first week of March. All right, I'll just say that. Starts the first week of March. I believe it actually might start on the 28th of February. Anyways, it starts that week. You see what's included. If you want to join me, and, and you're not able to text dialogues to 55444, just email us at info at gloveru.com or go on our website, gloveru.com and click on programs. Everything will be there. This is the first time we're offering it to the public. I will tell you, uh, you know, when you look at the expense, what, $399 a month for four months, um, this is something that's going to stick with you for life. So I know a lot of like, oh, you know, if you just do one, you've heard this a million times. If you just do one more deal, the program will pay for itself. We're not talking about you just doing one more deal. This is something that you're going to learn once and it's going to stick with you for life. Now, if you're a, 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 a lifelong learner like myself, I'm going to go back and take the program multiple times because I want to get better. I want to get better. I want to get better. And I want to be able to teach it one day. By the way, that was me 10 years ago. I'm taking this program for the fourth time because I want to be able to teach it one day. And I did that with our sales team here at JGA. What you know, When people look at, all right, Jeff, what is different about your team? Why have you guys, for those that don't know, Jeff Glover and Associates Realtors, our sales team, all right, of 35 to 40 agents is closing 1,000 transactions a year. And people say all the time, Jeff, what is different about your team? Like, if you could just sum it up in one word, what is different about JGA versus all the other teams? You've been number one in the state of Michigan for eight years. What are you doing differently? My response is always the same. We teach them how to sell. We teach our people how to sell, period. Neurolinguistic programming is a method to learn how to sell. And I can't wait to see you at the end of this month for our very first launch of this program. And I'm also looking forward to seeing you twice next week when we've got a couple more to get to. We're jumping into operations. I've got a listing uh, lead generation and listing technique coming up next week. Go to gloveru.com forward slash webinar for those. So fun to be with you guys today. I look forward to seeing you in Unreal Dialogues. Let's make it a great rest of the week. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover You will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. 
go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.